0: This is HPR episode 2179 entitled, Mail to Myself at My First Employment, Part 1. It is posted by Clacky and is about 14 minutes long. The summary is, I expand on a list of one-liner advice to myself 20 years ago, that I posted on pump.io. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15.
1: Hi, I'm Klake. I recently wrote a Pampaio post called Mail to Myself at My First Employment. And I figured I got some questions about it and I'll expand each on each of the points that I wrote in that post. So here goes Warning number one. This is the only numbered one, because I'm referring back to it later. Your prototype will run in production every time. So you have this problem you've been discussing at work, and um, you've come up with a sort of half-baked solution that oh, maybe we could take this and we could take this and we could tie them together and something like that and then you present it to someone and they say "Yeah, oh, that looks great let's use that so <clears throat> what's the lesson here this will happen over and over again and you will think well they can't be that stupid really they have to realize this is just a prototype i should put proper tests in there i should have covered these and these circumstances and I shouldn't have hard-coded these things. So what do you do? Um, Basically you can do two things. First, you could, if it's not supposed to work, just make it not work. Don't produce something that sort of does the job, but instead do a presentation, just graphics, just a stupid HTML page that fakes everything, or you put in a little more time and you make sure the tests are there, that you didn't hard code everything, that you actually have some documentation, and then you present it. If you just cook something together real quickly and present it, you're going to have to support this thing for the rest of your career at that place and you won't be given the time to do it properly so either do it properly or don't do it at all or obviously fake doing it do what's difficult by this i mean you spent You spend probably around eight hours a day at work and you could spend that time just picking the low hanging fruit and making time pass and you feel like you're getting things done but you're not learning anything. You're not just there to get paid, you're also there to develop And by that I don't mean software, I mean yourself. Do the challenging things. If you have the choice between doing something that is just monotonous work and automating it, even if automating takes a bit longer, automate it. So you can get on with the important stuff, which is the difficult stuff. Of course, uh, you have to do this in cooperation with your employer. But I've been lucky. The employers I've had have been giving me pretty free hands to do what I found necessary to solve whatever problems I'm there to solve. So, if given the choice, do something that will help you move forward as a developer or possibly as a person. Hard work is not the same as difficult. If you took the previous point as meaning... I should make sure I'm not slacking off at work... So I should go on and take on all these assignments... That mean I've been sweating hard in front of the screen. If that sweating hard just means doing a lot of monotonous work, that's not what I'm calling difficult. Rather, it's the opposite. Find a way to automate it instead. And actually, if if it's really stuff that cannot be automated and someone will have to do it, you'll also have to be a bit selfish. Don't take it on just because it's boring and you feel like a, a good person for sticking out for your colleagues or whatever and taking on the boring task, there will be time enough to do boring tasks. If you have the chance, do something else. To do, I always say to be able to love others, you have to love yourself first. And that's always a good thing to keep in mind. If you're just doing things at work that are not developing your skills you're less useful to the company as well. So you're not really being selfish if you're being selfish in the right way. Make yourself a good resource and do the difficult things and do the automation things. Do programming. Push your knowledge. You are there because they believe you know something. They're probably right. They will listen to you. This is encouragement and a warning. So even if, uh, if you're a junior developer and you just got started, you might get surprised that you say something that you feel it's just a comment like why don't we do this instead and someone might actually listen to you and go ahead with your suggestion so don't feel like you're stupid if you're asking questions why don't we do this or if you're giving suggestions don't feel like you have to stay down because you're a junior my experience is people will listen to your opinion if it's well formed if you have a Fact basis for it then uh, people will take it to heart and they may go along with your suggestion and if they don't there's a point later for that but it's also a warning if you're working with the system and you say wow this is ridiculous this is all crap and uh, I just want to start over and do this from scratch maybe you just mend it as a comment of frustration but someone might listen to you they may take it as advice and that may not be a good thing if you're just whining over something maybe it's not a well-considered opinion but maybe the people listening to you don't really understand it's not a well-formed opinion and you will possibly be put in the seat of having to implement it so a throwaway comment is not always a throwaway comment that's the warning ask I sort of said this already but if you don't know ask a question you're not stupid for asking a question you're stupid for not asking a question wherever you are you're there to learn Even if people hire you for your expertise, when you're not a junior anymore. You're still there to learn. Every place has its own circumstances, and you need to know them to do the best job. And this also ties into something someone said on the Internet. If you're in a room where you're the smartest person around... You're in the wrong room. So hopefully you're always in the place where you can ask stuff and learn stuff. Take a day off from doing things and listen and watch instead. That's also work. I think at every place I've worked where I've been doing development... There have always been meetings where we have said, Hey guys, do you know what we should do? We should just stop discussing what the users might want and just step away from our own keyboards, go hover over the shoulder of someone who is actually using this stuff. Now I'm working in build systems, and I should probably sit down with a developer that is using the build system. And actually see what kind of things are they doing frequently, what are, what kind of problems are they trying to solve. So far I've actually never done this, which is ridiculous, because I've known I should be doing this since basically I started in this business 20 years ago. I still think it's good advice, even if I've never tried it out. I should... Code is the best description, but heed warning number one. This is something they talk about in uh, IEEE and the IETF. When they do a specification, they want there to be at least two implementations so that you have concrete examples of what people are actually going to do with this protocol or whatever they're designing. First, it's to try things out. But second, it is because code speaks. If you've written an implementation, people can actually look at the implementation and say, oh, oh, so that's what they meant. Because the code executes and it does things. And that can explain things better than any verbal explanation. Seeing things in action. But heed warning number one. If you're speaking through code... Make sure you're speaking through production-ready code. I don't mean perfect. I mean not horrible. You will have to support it later. There's a reason. Whenever you look at a system and it's full of warts and crooks and crannies and dust and spiderwebs... And this weird thing poking out over here. There's a history behind all of those things. If you think you can just tear it all down and build something better from scratch, you're in for a surprise, because every little weird thing in the system might be a response to a bug report where there was a corner case that wasn't covered in a specification and nobody had thought about. Or it's a quirk of the language or the hodgepodge of libraries that went into this thing. So, respect the code and always consider that there might be a reason behind why it's doing something that looks really horrible. There may be no good reason. This is the counterpoint. Sometimes it's actually just crappy code. What can you do to discover if it's crappy code, or if it's code that contains essential warts. Write tests. Write an integration test suite. Test it against the things in actual use in production. Change it. Ask someone for a code review. Ask someone to try it out. And maybe you'll discover that actually this word, in particular, could be removed. Okay, so I seem to have ride at the office. So I'll make this a two part. See you in the next part.
0: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org.